Peace to you. Welcome back to The Naked Truth. We are going to pick up where we left off in the book of 1 Kings. We made it to chapter 4. If you want to read along with me, let's begin. Uh, so King Solomon was king over all Israel. So the person we're talking about is Solomon, same wise Solomon, uh, with that reputation, King David's son, Solomon, um, who's now... Uh, made it to the throne. He's the king. Verse 2. And these were his officials. Azariah, the son of Zadok, the priest. So now um, we're going to run into these listing of names, just like when we run into the begats and the son of this and the son of that. So when we run into those, I'm just going to read through the names and only stop at what stands out to me for time's sake. Um, and, you know, as always, please forgive me if I mispronounce any of these. Um, but for starters, we're starting out with the religious head. Um, in this case, it's Azariah. Zadok was the previous priest uh, in the days of David, his father, Solomon's father. Now, a new priest is uh, being set up for the new regime. Um, verse 3, Elihoreth and ah Ahijah, the sons of Shishai, scribes. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud. The recorder. So you've heard jumping Jehoshaphat. I don't know if it's referring to this Jehoshaphat or the other Jehoshaphat who's also in the uh, lineage of the kings that get listed. But apparently it's a not so um, unusual name. Verse um, 4 Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, over the armies, the dock, and Abiathar, the priest. So, um, Although Azariah, the son of Zadok, is a priest, his father, <clears throat> excuse me, Zadok, is also still a priest as well as Abiathar. Those were also priests during the time of King David. Verse 5, Azariah, the son of Nathan, over the officers, Zebul, the son of Nathan, a priest and the king's friend. So this is basically Solomon's uh, cabinet, his closest high officials. Verse 6. Ahishar over the household and Adoniram. Oh, let me make sure I got that right. Yeah, Adoniram, the son of Abida or Abda over the labor force. So, um, again, it's just naming off people in, his in Solomon's administration. Seven, and Solomon had 12 governors over all Israel who provided food for the king and his household. Each one made provision for one month of the year. So uh, Solomon set it up that he's going to be fed every day. He's going to be taken care of. And 12 different people are set up to take care of the king's food for each month of the year. Verse 8, these are their names. Ben-Hur in the mountains of Ephraim. So now we're going to go through the different names in different areas. Apparently the king would make his rounds. I guess making sure his food supply gets mixed up just in case somebody wanted to poison him or something like that. Verse 9, Bendeker and Makaz, Shalbim, Beth Shemesh, and Elon Beth Hanan. So that's the person in those areas that would feed Solomon or take care of his food provisions. Verse 10, Ben Hesed and Araboth, to him belongs Sukho. And all the land of Hefer, Asaka, and all the land of Hefer. Verse 11, Ben Abinadab, in all the regions of Dor, he had 
to Fath, the daughter of Solomon, as wife. So um, one of his own sons-in-law is also who's in charge of making sure his food provisions are uh, safe and available for him. Um, and we see also clearly he's had at least one daughter. So Solomon's way past his teen years if he's already got a full-grown daughter who's also married off. He's at least in his 30s, probably later, uh, older than that. Verse 12, Bana the son of Ahilud and Tanakh, Megiddo and all Bethshan, which is beside Zaratan, below Jezreel, from Bethshan to Abel Mehola, as far as the other side of Jachmin. So it's naming off the area now uh, that specifically um, Bana is um, sort of governor over uh, in providing for Solomon that month of the year. Verse 13, then Geber and Ramoth Gilead, to him belong the towns of Jair, the son of Manasseh, and Gilead, to him also belong the region of Argob and Bashan, 60 large cities with walls and bronze gate bars. So another area, another basically governor um, providing for Solomon. Verse 14, uh, Hinadab, the son of Edo and Mahanaim. Ahimaaz and Naphtali, he also took Basmoth, the daughter of Solomon, his wife. So Solomon's got a couple of daughters, and a couple of them have already married off. So again, that points to Solomon's age at this point. When we first were introduced to Solomon, well, not first, but recently introduced to him, his youth was emphasized, and the fact that he um, was inexperienced. Now, he's experienced enough to have two grown daughters, at the very least. Verse 16, Bana the son of Hushai, and Asher, and Allah, Jehoshaphat the son of Paruah, and Issachar. So another person named Jehoshaphat, a third Jehoshaphat. Um, verse 18, Shemi the son of Elah, and Benjamin, Geber the son of Uri, in the land of Gilead, in the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan. He was the only governor who was in the land. So um, this person, Geber, is being mentioned now alongside two people who um, at least I thought were long dead. Og and Sihon, those were two kings that were confronted way back hundreds of years ago when the Israelites first went to occupy the so-called promised land and um, confronted those two leaders. But um, so I guess it's saying in their country, as in the country still was uh, regarded as theirs, even though it's been centuries since they were um, uh, in the picture of things, in the mix of things, in the thick of things. Verse 20, Judah and Israel were as num numerous as the sand by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and rejoicing. So there's that as numerous as the sand. Um, statement again where it doesn't mean literally as numerous as the sand if people were as numerous as the sand there would not almost certainly not be enough room or resources for those people because uh, i mean the sand is trillions of the, uh, maybe even more than that a google amount of sand um compared to the, uh, the space that it takes up compared to humanity and the space people take up 
Um, so it doesn't mean literally as the sand by the sea. Um, but the people are many and they're rejoicing. Presumably because they've got a king that's smart, that's ruling over them, and seemingly so far at peace. Verse 21, so Solomon reigned over all kingdoms from the river to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. They brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. So Solomon is accepted as ruler of the area. Um, overall, though, we think of as the Holy Land, extending basically from the border of Egypt uh, through all of the area known as Canaan or the Holy Land, uh, Israel and Judah. He's the king over all of that area. Verse 22, now Solomon's provision for one day was 30 cores of fine flour, 60 cores of meal. So I'm not sure how much a core is. I guess if we take a, a moment here and see, let me see where verse 22 See, I have to do a search. Let's see. Um, trying to think of the search term to find out. Uh, let's see. Okay, how much is a core in the Bible? Let's see. 10 baths or six bushels or about 220 liters. So if you think of a two liter soda bottle, it's 110 of those. So um, that's a whole lot. Clearly, I mean, it doesn't make any sense that those are his provisions that he's eating himself or using himself in a day. Um, um, but clearly that's what's provided for him every single day. It seems excessive, um, but perhaps it's not just for him. Maybe it's for him and his administration. Uh, let's see. Verse 23, 10 fatted oxen, 20 oxen from the pastures, and 100 sheep besides deer, gazelles, roebucks, and fatted fowl. So there's no way he's eating all of this in every single day. But it's saying that's the provision provided for his kingdom for every single day. So presumably it's so that he and I would think all of his administration and from that amount of meat, the whole land would be able to eat every day. Um, but I doubt that he's feeding everyone like that every day. But it's how it reads. So let's keep reading. Verse 24, for he had dominion over all the region on this side of the river from Tipsha, Tipsa, even to Gaza, namely over all the kings on this side of the river. And he had peace on every side all around him. So when it's saying the river, let me see, I'm thinking it must be talking about the Jordan, but it's not. It's talking about the Euphrates, another Middle Eastern river. And it extends his power, his reign, his region even further. Verse 25, and Judah and Israel dwelt safely, each man under his vine and his fig tree. From Dan as far as Beersheba, all the days of Solomon. So um, it's a peaceful period that Solomon is at while Solomon is king. So that would make him more popular, I would think. Not having people having to deal with war or being drafted for war or the guilt, the blood guilt of killing during war. 
verse 26, Solomon had 40,000 stalls of horses for his chariots and 12,000 horsemen. So, let me see. Um, okay, so some versions of the scriptures will read instead of 40,000, they just say four um, stalls of his horses. Maybe 4,000 stalls for of his horses. Either way, it really seems excessive, just like the amount of daily provisions seems really, really excessive, like it's um, either embellishing in the story or just a lavish, ex uh, excessive nature um, that's being attributed to Solomon. That It seems wasteful to have that many when you don't need that many. 40,000 stalls of horses, so you would have to have at least 40,000 horses, I would think, for those stalls and only 12,000 horsemen. So each horseman had at least three horses they had um, use of, at least, I guess. I don't know. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to have that many, but it could be lost in translation. Verse 27, but I think the point of it is he has a lot. Verse 27, and these governors, each man in his month, provided food for King Solomon and for all who came to King Solomon's table. There was no lack in their supply. So there it is. They're providing food for him and his crew every month, each month, each governor, each month. And it's not just for him, it's for all him and those with him. And that there was no lack. I think it's the main point of it. There's an abundance of all things. Verse 28, they also brought barley and straw to the proper place for the horses and steeds, each man according to his charge. So they're even making sure the horses are well taken care of and fed. Verse 29, and God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. So there it is again. Um, saying um, how plentiful things were under Solomon's reign, um, both the provisions, but also the wisdom and understanding and the compassion for the people. Verse 30, thus Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt. So now the narrator here is letting us know that um, Solomon's wisdom was greater than all of those people in the Middle East, in that area, in that region, including region, including Egypt. Verse 31, for he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Ezraite, and Heman, Shalcol, and Darda, the sons of Mahol, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. So those people, um, Ethan, Heman, Chalcol, and Darda, their reputations seem to be lost to time, or maybe they're still prevalent in other uh, scriptures or ancient documents that aren't in the Bible. But here in the Bible, with their mention of their name, they're also associated with being very wise. So it'd be the same way. Um, it'd be just like applying, uh, you know, mentioning Einstein uh, for his wisdom. He's long gone, but is the fact that he's known for being very smart, wise, intelligent, lasts. 
So similarly, I guess that's the same way those men are mentioned here. Um, and that he's wiser than all of them. Verse 32, he spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs were 1,005. So it seems to be um, drawing a list of all the things that Solomon was known for. Um, from his wisdom, his compassion, to his proverbs and his songs. Verse 33, also he spoke of trees. From the cedar tree of Lebanon, even to the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of animals, of birds, of creeping things, and of fish. So it's the narrator here letting us know Solomon had a vast knowledge of all sorts of things from animal animals and the animal kingdom, birds and creeping things, and to the sea creatures, to the fish, but also to plants. He... Um, knew it all verse 34 and men of all nations from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom came to hear the wisdom of solomon so solomon had great wisdom and he had a great reputation that spread around the world and people would come far and near to um hear his wisdom his words his um knowledge um that was the last verse, though, of this chapter. So that's where we'll end this reading. Introduction to Solomon and his wisdom and his kingdom. Thanks for reading along with me. I hope the naked truth is a blessing for you and that you'll join me again. I love you. Appreciate you. And see you next time. God bless you. Peace be with you. And God bless the family of the latest victim of police brutality. The latest well-known publicized victim of it. Because there's lots of victims of it that don't get the notoriety, unfortunately. And maybe, God willing, things will change this time. Until you start attaching consequences to the behavior of all cops, that's not just black cops, of all law enforcement that are paid to enforce the law to break it, um, then how can you really expect any of it to change? It's the same way that we read in the Bible um, of the religious leaders imposing the law, religious law on people. And enforcing it with fines and all sorts of different sacrificial um, offerings that have to be made to those same law enforcement officials. And then as Jesus calls it out in the Gospels, uh, they themselves will not touch those uh, laws with one of their fingers. They are immune to the same laws they're paid to enforce even when they break those laws. That's sick. And it's a way, It's it, it, there's no way it can go on and on and on without collapsing in on itself, God willing. So anyway, that's the last of this verse. Thanks for reading along with me. I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.